Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey, I'm Spencer Powell, and welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. Today's episode is actually a 30-minute interview that I did on Remodelers on the Rise. So Kyle Hunt over there, he had me on his show, and we talked about how to use your website and marketing to save time, pre-qualify leads, and leverage automation. So we are going to clip over to that recording right now. Enjoy the show. Well, my friends, here we are again on the Remodelers on the Rise show. And as far as, again, this is, Spencer, do you know how many times you've been on the Remodelers on the Rise show, including today? There's a bit of a trick it's, question, actually. It's either, uh, it's either two or like 70. So I'll go with two. Somewhere in between there. Now, it was also a little bit of a trick question because you have been on this show when it was called the Remodelers show. Mm. But in general, on my podcast, this is number four for Spencer four. Power. There you go. Builder Funnel. CEO extraordinaire. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Welcome back. And the topic du jour today is, this is the title of it. Listen carefully, everybody. How to use your website and marketing to save time. That's one thing. Pre-qualify leads. That's another thing. Leverage automation and close higher margin projects. So how do we use our website marketing to save time, which a lot of you need, pre-qualify leads, using your website and your marketing to help you qualify, to build know, like, and trust as well, leverage automation, which more of you remodelers are doing. There's so many automation tools and software that we need to continue to look at and implement, and then also close higher margin projects. So Spencer, we have 30 minutes, and that sounds like a lot to cover. That's a lot. Yeah. And you can tell as a marketer, I really crafted this title in a very concise, compelling way. Oh, interesting. We were just talking, <laughs> we were just talking about copywriting. And I mean, I, I like it. It's got it's a big thing. There's four, there's four parts to it. So cool. why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself, who you are and what you do, and then we're gonna jump into the topic. Cool. Well, I'm Spencer Powell. We are a marketing agency and we help remodelers get more and better clients. I've been doing this about 12 years and got into it because my family's been in construction and I was the first generation to not be swinging the hammers and working in the business and got in on the marketing side and loved it and never looked back. You don't wish that you had been swinging the hammer? Well, I, I I did some like demo days and I was on the job site, but I never... That was more intern stuff than actually like getting into the business and, you know, growing my career in the construction business. It started with clipping in on the marketing side and then started an agency. And now that's all we do. Sometimes I think to myself, boy, it would be nice to just go and paint a room and then finish, clean up and look at the end of the day and go, look at what I accomplished today. Sometimes when you're in the office all day or when you're on calls or this or that, sometimes you don't get that satisfaction, but, but I digress. So I'm going to start with what was the last question, just to kind of throw you off. Here's a question for you. What's one change all remodelers should make to their website today, Spencer? 
Kyle, you know that's an impossible question. We always start with with strategy, and it it oh. should depend on what's going on on your website. But I'll I'll play the game. We'll we'll think of something. What's one change all remodelers should make? I'll, to their I'll give you a today? change that maybe you don't you don't hear all the time. Like you might hear okay. somebody come on and say, "Well, fix your SEO or add some conversion points and stuff like that." But I will say, make sure all of your photography is in line with the projects and clientele you want to attract. Mm. I like that. I like that. What else would you add to that and why? Then I would, I would also align the copy and the topics you write about on your blog or within your pages to, again, align with what you want to attract. And that, that will feed us into some of the things that I hope we'll talk about today, which is really you want all of your marketing to be pointing towards exactly what you want to attract. And I see a lot of people that do kitchens and baths and additions, but then, you know, they'll write a blog about drywall repair, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it, yes, it's related, but that's not serving your business in where mm-hmm. you want to grow. So, and, yeah. so they have everybody listening to this, whether you're listening live, which if you're listening live, shoot a little comment, give a little like, you can say, you know, uh, both of you have good podcasts, but my favorite one out of the two of you is you can get a little, <laughs> a little that going in the comments. Um, yeah, but <laughs> everybody listening live or listening to the recording, what you just have permission to do is, as my employee and, and marketing director, Bailey, likes to say, kill your darlings, kill your darlings. She heard this when she was taking a college course, which is like when you're a writer, sometimes you've got to delete that sentence or delete that paragraph for the better of the whole. Kill your darlings. Yes, you did that project six years ago. Yes, you love that client. Yes, at the time it was on trend and you loved it, but it might need to be removed from your website. What Spencer said there is go through your website and review all of your photography and make sure that the photography there is in alignment with the types of projects and the type and the look and the feel that you're after. And that might mean you have fewer pictures, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. So excellent. So we started with kind of an oddball question, but let's kind of go back to our title. The first part of our title says, how do you use your website marketing to save time? So how can your website help you save time? Me as a remodeler, how is the website going to help me save time? There's a couple ways. The first one really that I think about is education, you know, and so you think about all of the questions that you answer in the sales process and people have when they initially call in. If you start addressing those on your website upfront, then it starts to save you time in two areas. One is that you'll get less questions on those calls and in those meetings. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't still address you know some of those things and revisit them from your perspective. But then the other thing it will do is it will actually start to repel some people that don't like the answers that they're seeing. Mm-hmm. And then just by the very nature of them not booking a meeting, that will start saving you time. And that is the time you want to save because if you're effectively pushing people away, you're going to save a lot of time that would have just been wasted. Time. Yeah. So, so what's an example of that? So what's an example of something you could put on that's educating them that might, and, and you use that repel. I like to use that too, of like good marketing attracts the right client and repels the wrong client. What would be an example of a piece of education or content that could do that? Yeah. The two big ones that are pretty easy to address are cost and process mainly around timeline. So if you're saying, Hey, the projects that we do, there's a two month design process and a you know, six to 12 month construction process and somebody wants their completion done sooner than that, then they're going to search for somebody that can do it sooner than that. Mm -hmm. But somebody that's embracing the process 
and they go, oh, okay, this is the caliber that I'm dealing with, with this type of company, then they're going to come in. And so that, that can be one of them. And then cost, you know, if you have a minimum where you're like, we just don't do any projects under 100K, then talk about that in all of your content related to cost or depending on the project type, you know, bathroom start at 50, kitchen start at 100 or, you know, that sort of thing. So if somebody comes in, they want a kitchen for 30, they won't reach out. And that's a good thing, right? That's the repel part as well as the attract, you know, because somebody that wants a really nice, well done kitchen, they're not expecting to get it done for 30. And they would feel like it was a cheap outcome if it was 30. And so you want to pull in the people that actually want to pay a little more premium or mid upper or, you know, whatever it is that the range you're working in. One of my clients shared a link to this the other day and he created a loom video, L O O M.com. You can, you can record your screen. You can have your video there. And when you click stop, it opens up a URL, very easy to create a quick video. And he created a video and I don't know if he's added it to his website, but to your point, he should. And it was related to finishing an attic space. And he's mm. like, you know, people reach out to me and there are five things you really need to consider. And there's five things to kind of really look at. Let me walk you through it. He created a little PowerPoint with some pictures. You know, if you have an, an attic space that looks like this, here's a few things to consider. And what he was saying is, you know, I, I spend 20, 30 minutes on the phone with somebody explaining all of this. And I realized one day when I heard you mentioning Loom, I could create a video one time. I could have that on the website. And all of a sudden that's going to save me 20 minutes times 20 times this year. And, yep. and people can be educated. It's going to attract and repel certain things. It's going to build no like, and trust. Those are some examples of how your website can save time. I think similarly, when we think of pre-qualifying leads, you know, how can your marketing pre-qualify or you know, should we be working to turn people away with our website? What else would you say on, on that? And maybe yeah. on the qualifying part. Yeah, the the qualifying piece, I think like those two pieces we just talked about, I think are great for pre-qualifying and kind of starting to weed out some people. The other thing is the first thing that you asked about, which was your project photos, right? And sometimes that can, if the projects look too high end, it will, it will turn people away that are maybe afraid of the scale of that. But then another piece that we haven't talked about is forms. This is kind of like a cheat code for adjusting your lead flow depending on what the market is. And so right now the market is hot. People are getting form submissions through their site, through their contact us like crazy. And so what you want to do during these times is, you know, we pull the lever and we're going to extend that form. We're going to ask more questions. We're going to ask more detailed questions. What's your timeline? What's your budget? What's the type of project that you're interested in? You know, what area do you live in? You know, all of these types of questions, you can kind of build this out to 10, 12, 14 questions, and that will start to lower the number of people that will actually take the time to fill it out. And depending on how you phrase the questions, what's your budget? And then the first question is 100 to 150K, and then it's 150 to 200. And they're like, oh, well, my budget was below that. I guess I should stop filling this out. Mm. So there are, I always think about the form as a way to just like pull that lever up or down. And if like things get really bad and you're like, I just need any work right now, delete some of those form fields and say first name, last name, email, and tell me about your project and we'll mm. call you. You know, and they don't have to know that, right? That's just something that you get to control. And I and think that's a really needed. powerful way. Yeah. yeah. 
to your point of what you're saying of things being hot, what have you been seeing with your clients and website form submissions and just lead flow overall? You're working with a lot of remodelers throughout the country. What has been the last you know two, three months? What has it felt like or what have you seen? Yeah, I would say still super strong, but not as like bananas crazy as it was the three to six months prior. And so we're it's a funny thing because you start hearing these like, Oh, leads are a little bit, you know, lower the last couple of months. And it's like, well, yeah, but year over year, year over two years, they're still way up. But, but we've just been kind of, you get used to whatever's close to you. Right. And so mm. we all as an industry got used to like just being absolutely slammed with opportunities. And now, you know, it's, it's tempered back a little bit, but I would say like everything's still super healthy. There's strong lead flow. And we're just always looking at those levers. And I, th- I feel like it's so contextual to your business, the type of growth you're trying to go through yeah. and the economic environment. And like, once you've put yourself in a spot where you have the traffic and you have the lead flow, then you just, then you get to pull those levers. And so I, I feel like for our industry, it's a great opportunity to practice that and really hone it and feel what it feels like to make those adjustments. Because I almost feel like we're in this head trash of, we haven't really experienced this as an industry before. We've been so stinking busy. Okay, let's practice what that feels like because it's not always that way. And I feel like everyone needs, they're feeling like they need to just take on everything because it's there. And we still have a little bit of that like scarcity mindset from when things were really rough. And I get it. Like that's a lot of head trash to to overcome. But right now we want to maximize profit, you know, as Mm. much as possible. That's good. And and to be a little bit more picky and choosy of the types of projects we're taking on. When you were mentioning kind of going back year over year or going back two years, I think that's a pretty good takeaway for maybe somebody listening to this to have, which is pull up your leads, the number of leads you generated and where they came from for 2019. Pull up your number of leads you generated and where they came from, your lead sources from 2020, 21, so far in 2022. The phrase you use, I like that a lot of, you know, we, we are, we remember, we feel the most, the thing that's closest to us. We forget that, you know what, even though it's slowing down a little bit, we're still way ahead of what we used to get. And that's still plenty for us. Also, if you're listening to this and I say, go back to 2021 and pull up your total number of leads and the lead source, where they came from. And you look back at me and go, I can't do that. We're not tracking it. I got lazy and not put it in. Let that be your takeaway from this. You need to track where your leads are coming from. What gets measured gets improved. Make sure you're paying attention to where your leads are coming from. You also said it's not as bananas. Have you heard of this Savannah Bananas minor league baseball team? I have not. No. So these people, the Savannah Bananas, if you if you Google them, I would recommend people, if you're looking for just a fun five minutes, especially if you're in a baseball at all, type in Savannah Banana. You'll have to you know do some spell checking because I don't know how you really, how many N's, how many A's, I don't know. And ESPN did a little five minute thing on them a couple of years ago. And I follow them on Facebook and they are over the top fun. They are bringing former major leaguers out. They are driving the local police cop car is driving in the reliever because he's a bad boy he's the closer they're just (laughs) everything about it is extremely fun and by watching it one they they're selling out everything you can't get a ticket to this single a minor league ball club and it just kind of shows injecting fun into your business injecting fun into your culture is important so when you said it's not as bananas I had just seen a post this morning from the Savannah Bananas, and I would encourage you guys to look it up because there's just some, there's something to learn there of fun, of excitement, of energy, and the fact that that matters. Taking something that's kind of 
can be stale or boring product and making it really exciting. There's something for all of us to learn there. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. What I've heard already, we talked about project photos, making sure they represent us well. We talked about how do we qualify leads? How do we perhaps turn people away? How do we create our marketing website to attract and repel? Look at your how much page, your costs page. Look at your our process page and making sure you have a clear timeline. I loved what you said there of your form submissions. How many, how are you far back are you going to pull that lever? Go to your website. Listen, people, there's people watching this live. You should be writing down a sticky note. Go to your website. Click on the contact us page and look at your form. Is it too long? Is it too short? Should you add more questions so you can start qualifying people? Spencer gave you like six or seven good ideas on some different questions you could ask. These are our our websites can get stale. And a lot of times, oh, crap, I haven't even looked at my website in six months. So if you're listening to this, take some action related. Excellent. Let's kind of continue on to automation. What types of automation should remodelers be using? And maybe answer this one and then let's share your screen and maybe you can show us a couple photos or a couple websites that that are highlighting some of the things you're mentioning. But what types of automation should remodelers be using? Automation is fairly unlimited in like what you can think of to do. And so I'll maybe give like a very top of funnel example and then a more bottom of the funnel example. So a top of funnel example would be somebody's in the dreaming stage of their project, just dreaming about their kitchen, and they're browsing around looking at your portfolio. And then they download the cost guide because they're like, well, what's this thing going to cost me when I get around to doing it? Well, from there, you can set up a chain of emails that will intentionally educate this person. So we know they're, they've come in, they're exploring, they're researching. That's really all we know. In this example, they're in the dreaming phase. Well, now we can stair-step them through an email the next day that says, hey, saw you checked out the cost guide. Super cool. Hopefully that was valuable. A lot of our customers have never done design build or don't know what that is. Here's a quick video and a link to our process page that explains what this takes and what this looks like to go through it. Then they can watch that. They can check it out. The next three days go by. Hey, know you're on our site a few days ago, checking out some kitchens. Here's three links to some amazing award-winning kitchens that we've done thought they might be fun for your inspiration, you know, as you think about your potential project. Boom, 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 you get them back to the portfolio. And then the list goes on and on, right? Like we can stair-step them through a very intentionally designed educational experience, something that's adding value to their research process. So 
that can happen automatically. You create it once and it just works for you as people hit your site and they go through this. And the part that's happening automatically is you're building some trust, you're getting some repetition in with them, and you're moving them along that journey that they're on. And you're basically just acknowledging, hey, I, I know you're on this journey, I'm going to help you. And mm -hmm. so when they get around to, hey, I need to book a meeting with some companies out there, you've been there, very top of mind, very helpful. And so they're seeing you in a very positive light. And oftentimes, you're seen as the top person and then they're maybe going to check out a couple others just to say they did you know to tell mm -hmm. them and, and what and what have you been finding is a good or an effective opt-in like what are people actually saying ah you know what i actually want that i want to give you my email address so you can send that to me what's an example or two of of what seems to be converting there cost it's the number one we started doing this campaign four years ago and it's the number one converter across the board everywhere so if you just want the easy answer, like cost, <laughs> people will mm -hmm. give you information for that. It's not give me your email address and you'll receive a link to our five remodeling trends. No, no, it's not, is it? Yeah. Like people don't yeah. want, like people just don't want that to your, to your point, And I'll, I'll share my screen just real quick here. Here's kind of an example, but boom, but boom, boom, boom. When you said cost, like Anthony Slayball, what's up, Anthony Slayball? He's down in Ohio. Good dude. What's up? And and I remember he had a page where it said, view our average project cost. Look at how obvious he puts it, right? Top right corner. And he used to have it where he had some kind of lame download that just wasn't converting. And he also had on his, for his average project costs, he just had it listed here. And he said, you know what? I'm going to get rid of the opt-in that's not really working. And I'm going to put this behind an opt-in. And everybody listening to this, what do you think happened to the number of people that actually want this information and filled this out? If he was getting one person to fill out kind of the five trends, he was getting 10 or 15 that wanted this because this is what people wanted. So what Spencer's getting to is having something like this. And then once they click submit, you have their email address and you design a little bit of a stair step of multiple emails that go out over the course of weeks or months, depending on, it makes a lot of sense. It does. Yeah. You, yeah. You really want to put yourself in their shoes, which is sometimes hard and think mm -hmm. about, okay, if I didn't know anything, what are the first few things I would want to know? And, and cost is always a part of it. People just want, they want that information. So yeah, yeah, you can, you can test like, you know, we've done things around design and those do okay, but nothing touches the cost topic. Yeah, Cause that's what's yeah. really in their head. What, what other, so you kind of shared on the automation, that's a little bit of kind of the top of the funnel as people are in research mode. What are, what's some other automation that you're encouraging clients and remodelers to, to in, get involved with? Yeah. So I think if we go like more bottom of the funnel and you think about that contact us form, somebody that's filling out a number of questions, there's a couple different cool things you can do. One would be a trigger based on how they answer a question. So you could put in, let's just do a simple example, service areas. And you could put in your seven service areas, but then you could have a, an other if you wanted. This is maybe not the best example, but I think it will serve its point. And then you could, if they selected other, you could trigger a super sorry, it looks like you picked one of our service areas that, you know, or you're outside of our core seven mm -hmm. service areas right now. Based on the current demand, we're not able to service anything outside of these. Here are a couple of links to some other great companies that may be able to help you out. But now it's like you got back to them, you gave them something that they could do. And so you give that professional vibe of, 
I responded to you because that's a big problem, right? Somebody doesn't get a response. They go leave you a bad review. You never even talk to them. It just happens. This can help alleviate that. Same with project size. Some people don't want to put the budget, like they don't want to have a starting at 100K or whatever. So maybe you put a huge budget range. And if somebody picks like 10 to 20K, you can just have an automated email that goes out. Similar thing. Hey, super sorry. It looks like you're interested in this kind of project or this was your budget. Unfortunately, Right now, our projects are starting here and above. I know this is probably disappointing news. If you want to still discuss things and you think your budget is more, like we'd be happy to book some time. But if not, here again, here are a couple of other companies you might check out. You could use those as pure automations hmm. if you feel comfortable with how you set that up, or they can just be templates you have ready to go. And so you have your office manager, whoever's doing phone intake, they see that, they go, okay, they didn't hit the criteria. Here's the template. Boom. And, and then it's a manual send but you've still saved the time through the form as well as the template. One last thought, yeah, is calendaring. So if, so if somebody fills out a form and they list all these questions out and you feel like, hey, if they fill out all of these things and you set up your forms to where if they kept going, like they're probably interested, you can just have the automatic email come through and just say, hey, got your submission. We're super excited to talk. First thing you need to do is watch our process video. Second thing you need to do is check out our average costs, you know, here. Third thing, book a meeting. Now you don't have to call them. You don't have to schedule. You've given them some homework. You've put it back on them. And then now they're going to book a meeting. And so this does a couple of things. And you, and you just, again, these are part of the levers. Like, do I want to add that many barriers? And if yes, then those are great barriers because you might get 20 people filling out the form but then only 10 of them book the meeting and do the homework and everything. And so, and then it just happens to fall on your calendar and you just show up and you're ready to go. You didn't have to do any follow-up. You didn't have to mm -hmm. do anything manually. So yeah. And what program are you directions with this stuff? Yeah. I think it's just like, wh what do I want to have happen? What's the environment and then structure it around that. Yeah. So a few questions when it comes to the form, what, what form program are you using? That's pretty sophisticated or that you guys like. We use HubSpot forms and that's okay. just because we're wrapped into their whole system and it you can trigger some follow-ups and some like if-then statements off gotcha. of that kind of stuff. Okay. But um, there's a bunch then, of different ones out there. Yep. And then for the can for the calendar and making appointments, what what do you like the most? HubSpot's wrapped into it. It's got its own meeting link. Okay. Calendly is another good one if you're just yeah. looking for so can yeah. Calendly is C A L E N D L Y. And it's just a it's one of those of like, yeah, but then I have to kind of manage my schedule and like make those available appointments. Yes, you have to get that set up, but if it, you know, it just saves so much time and hassle. I mean, I've booked tw let's say 20 appointments this month and I have you know, with clients or with prospects and I have not had to go back and forth. It was just a, you know, thank you so much. As a next step, can you grab one of the open time slots at the link below? Nobody, I've had one person over the years say, you know, that wasn't very personal for you to just send me a link. I've had that happen one time and that was like five years ago. You know, so everybody, it's, it's convenient for them. It's convenient for you. It can save you time. So definitely look at that if you're kind of intrigued by that. I mean, even just what Spencer just mentioned of like, you've qualified them a bit, you've given them a clear next step. It just reduces the noise. It reduces the amount of work there. And then I came yeah, up with yeah. this. I, I'm thinking about putting this on a t-shirt. It's a phrase that I just came up with. It says work smarter, not harder. You ever hear that? 
Hmm. It sounds like you invented that actually. Yeah. I just came, I just came up with it. And that's what we're talking about here is that those are some smart things. Those are things that if you do it one time, it saves you time, time and time again. And we've got to keep thinking about how we incorporate more of that into our business and life. Yeah. You know, Um, Kyle, I think that one guy that said that wasn't very personal by, you know, being the snippy, quick witted person I am, I would have replied back with, you know, I was trying to be personal and save your time and make it really efficient for you, but I apologize. But here I am offending yeah, you. Here. See, but you would apologize. See, both of us are like, well, yeah. I'm going to trip over myself to make sure, like, I immediately call the person. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, I'm like, oh, so, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. Whoops, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so again, the title today is, is how to use your website marketing to save time. We dug into that. Pre-qualify leads. Yep leverage automation. We dug into that. And then this last part, enclose higher margin projects. What are a few of your thoughts on that of how that kind of your website, your marketing can affect your closing rate or help you close higher margin projects? Yeah. So these all have kind of been building on each other, right? So we started with thinking about putting photos and content that are directly in line with the types of projects that you want to attract. And then as you're doing that, then we're sifting people through the contact us form where they have to ask or answer all these questions. And so what you're trying to do is funnel in only the the top opportunities. And then even of those, you know, basically the way I see the industry right now is everyone's trying to, to grow, 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 but not as many people, people are hitting a plateau where they can't jam more revenue into 12 months because of supply chain, labor, whatever. They just, you know, they went from two and a half to 5 million in two years and they're like, whoa, this is great. And now they're, they're like, how do, how do I do six or seven or eight? And they're having trouble compressing that. And what I want people to think about is, okay, yes, maybe you still want to grow top line, but let's make sure our bottom line is growing and is healthy. And maybe you can stay at five. And now we're going to optimize five And the way you optimize five is by taking on the best projects. And so it requires a lot more no, which is why we talked about pre-qualifying and repelling today and using Mm -hmm. that form to say, hey, if I got all these form submissions and I can see the budgets on these projects or I know what I typically have for markup, then then you start to, to have that ability. And then the last piece that I would say is because you have so much demand, raise your pricing. And if you get more no's, that's okay. The yeses you get are going to be way more profitable. I was talking to somebody and they, they were like, well, I already raised our pricing 20%. I said, raise it 20% again. Raise it 50%. Like throw out a big number, right? But raise it again if you still have the same demand. Because if you have the same demand, then it means you can, you can keep going. Eventually, you will hit a point where you're feeling like you're getting more no's. And then you can say, okay, I think I found my, you know, my markup number here, or my ideal margin in here, where the market will bear it, you know, and I'm hyper profitable. That's what good marketing allows you to do in the sales process is you get flooded with opportunities, you bring the best ones to the top. And then as you hit your sales process, you have to test that pricing. That's active market testing of what will the market bear? You know, I've been doing that with some rental properties where I'm like, I'm jumping the rent up here because, you know, Zillow says this and that says this, but like, I don't know, the market's hot right now. I'm going to push the limits. And then I get applications. I'm like, well, I probably shot a little low, you know, but, mm-hmm. but if I would have just gone with whatever the data online said, I would have been too low. 
Yeah. What you're getting at there is just thinking strategically, uh, us realizing that growth for growth's sake is, is oftentimes fool's gold and realizing that there's a sweet spot revenue wise, realizing that if you keep pushing, pushing, pushing and growing, 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 if, you, if, if that's your goal, if that's what you're wanting to do, don't let us hold you back. You're going to have to keep the, the wheels turning on the marketing side and the sales side. You're going to have to keep ramping up production. And there's certainly potential there. But for some people listening, they've got to think strategically on, okay, instead of just growth, 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 I want to do similar revenue, but make my bottom line stronger. And you said it by picking better projects. How do we pick better projects? We start qualifying our leads better. We build more know, like, and trust. We feature the types of projects that we want more of. And we really remain disciplined to only move forward and sign design and development agreements with our ideal clients. We are living, we've been living, and frankly, we still are, even though we're getting a little antsy at what's going on out there. We're still in very strong we're in a very strong market and it's a unique opportunity. One of my clients described it a few months ago. He's like, you know, I have a feeling we're going to five years from now, six years from now, eight years from now, we're going to look back and say, wow, we were, yes, we had supply chain issues. Yes, we had some challenges, but we were living. Those were the great years. Those were the years we really needed to optimize. And hopefully we did optimize things. Excellent. Excellent. Somebody uh, typed in the old chat box. They said, I'm finding chat boxes are being used more lately. Is that what you're seeing, Spencer? I haven't noticed it. And I'm all for chat if it's used in an intentional way, right? Like right now, if chat is usually another conversion tool in your tool belt, just like a phone number, a contact us form, chat box would be another one. Do you have somebody manning the chat? Do you want them manning the chat? Usually I would offer up chat as something that where maybe you're trying to increase your conversion rate. Right now, a lot of people are actually trying to decrease their conversion rate, but have the quality of the conversions be a lot higher. So you could do an automated chat. Again, the look on that depends on you know how, how well it's set up. And if you have somebody that can man it all day and you can have a very personalized experience, then it's a great conversion tool. I would just ask the question, do I want to spend the time answering a chat right now? Or am yeah. I really trying to funnel my time down? Like, you got to fill out these 20 questions in this form. And it's contextual, right? So if you need more leads right now, it's something yeah. to look at. And to me, it's it's one of those like, hey, if, if it intrigues you and you kind of like it and you have somebody that's going to maintain and manage it, test it out. You know, yeah. it, just because you add it doesn't mean it's got to be there forever and ever. And that's um, what we always talk about is like, what's the strategy? Let's not just jump yeah. to fun tactics. What's the strategy behind it? Yeah, live during business hours and automated after hours. That's a good, that's a good thought there. As I was looking looking at us on the old uh, StreamYard video system here, and I thought about, boy, we've done this many times. You've been at this 12 years. I've been at this 14 years. I thought to myself, boy, we're just going to keep, I have, I have a feeling this is in my case, I'm just going to keep pounding away at this market and helping, 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 helping for the next 20, 30 years. I don't know, Lord willing. You're going to continue to do that. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be like a new Kyle and a new Spencer, some young some young entrepreneurs that are going to come up a lot more hair and they're going to come up and be like, look at these old dogs who've been doing this for 25 years. Listen to us. We know what's up. But I just had that thought come in mind. We're going to take their butts down though, aren't we? We're going to take them down because they're going to come in and they're going to go, here's how you do marketing in the metaverse. And we're going to be like, we we're on top of the trends. We're already there, oh, man. That's, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll try not, yeah, we'll try well, not to get old as we get That's older. the problem for future Kyle and future. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll figure that out. So how can, so again, we, we tackled today and you shared just a lot of good, a lot of good nuggets. If you're listening or if you're even watching live, what's a takeaway that you had from this? Go ahead and share that in the comments or reach out. 
but how to use your website and marketing to save time, pre-qualify leads, leverage automation, and close higher margin projects. We covered a lot of good stuff. How can the people reach out to you or even listen to your podcast? Give them whatever links or info that you'd like. Cool. Yeah, I would say two easy places. If you like podcasts, we have a new one that we start at the beginning of the year called Remodeler Stories. That's been a lot of fun. We're featuring remodelers there. And then just go to builderfunnel.com and right at the top of the page, you can put in your website and we've got a cool little tool that will grade your website. It takes about 10 seconds and it'll give you a score. It's not going to tell you everything about your website, but it will give you kind of, it'll identify some technical weak points or strong points and that kind of stack you up there. So builderfunnel.com for that. Excellent. Excellent. And keep up the good work. One of the reasons that you're on this show today, and even just I'd like to have you back is one, you're just always sharing good information. But one thing that you all should know, if you don't know Spencer, is he is just a caring, giving, generous guy that wants to help. And, you know, is approaching business from a standpoint of, you know, the more I help, the more I give, the more I'll, I'll, I'll get taken care of, you know, but you lead from a giving value first. And I think we did that today. We gave some good value. So Appreciate, appreciate you being that, part of this. And if you were to if you were to end the show by sharing, you know, if you took nothing else, people from this show, here's kind of a main takeaway or a main emphasis that I would like to add here at the end. What would it be? Yeah, thank you for saying that. We do put a lot of heart and energy into trying to add add value and education. So I, I appreciate that, and I feel like that's why we connected early on because uh, we both had a similar educational style of teaching and marketing and, and that yeah, sort of fun. thing. I think in terms of takeaways, like all the tactical things we talked through and some of the, the strategic pieces today, if you start looking at your your marketing system as something that you control and you have those levers on, I think that is the point I would hammer home. Like people say, you know, you can do too much marketing or get too many leads. And I would argue, no, you can't. Because if the more leads you have, that just means you adjust your pre-qualification levers and that will bring better and better margin projects to the top. Even if mm -hmm. you're a $2 million business and you say, I always want to be 2 million. Like if you double or triple your lead flow, you can test that market pricing by raising your prices way up and you'll still get enough yeses to do 2 million and your net profit will blow up. So if you start thinking about too many leads is actually not the problem. The problem is the way you're qualifying, Sales and, qualifying. and raising the best leads to the top. I like that. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Talk to you again cool. soon. Sounds good, Kyle. See ya. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.